Hi, everyone, and welcome to the So You Had a Baby podcast, episode 14. Today, we are very excited to share with you our interview with Amanda Gratchner. Amanda is a privacy and data security attorney at Idea Legal, a boutique law firm focused on counseling clients about business, privacy, and intellectual property located in Portland, Oregon. She has been practicing law for 18 years and earned her law degree from Lewis and Clark Law School and a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from UCLA. She is a certified information privacy professional holding certifications for both Europe and the United States. In addition to her professional life, Amanda is married, mom to one bio baby, stepmom to three bonus daughters, and human mom to her black lab. You guys, it was so wonderful having Amanda on to share her story. She is smart, funny, and her perspective and experience in life and motherhood is refreshing. We truly enjoyed interviewing her, and we know you'll love her as much as we did. So stay tuned. Who needs an intro when we can sing it? I know, right? Welcome to the So You Had a Baby podcast. We are your hosts, Inkiru and Krista. We'll be sharing empowering stories and topics to inspire women to grow and love themselves more throughout their postpartum journey. Join us each week as we work to change the stigma around postpartum. We are so excited to have Amanda Gratchner on tonight. So Amanda, let's go ahead and jump in and have you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So your name, your profession, who you're a mama to, and what led you to an interest in working in your field. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So my name is Amanda Gratchner, and I am an attorney here in Portland, Oregon. Um, I am a mother to one uh, bio baby, as I refer to her, Ani, and I have three bonus daughters. I'm a stepmom to three amazing girls, Emily, Sophie, and Katie. Um, so what led me to my interest in working in my field? So as I mentioned, I'm an attorney. Um, and the journey to becoming an attorney is a long one. I don't think we have enough time for all of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, this podcast isn't long enough to get through all of my journey. But um, I'm a child of the 80s. I grew up uh, in the post-punk goth prime era so not current goth but you know the the initial goth phase um and generally uh we experienced as kids of the 80s a general malaise and uh indecision so uh, i didn't know what i wanted to do after high school mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i didn't know if i wanted to go to college or simply get a job but eventually i landed uh, at community college um, and took some courses there and found I had a love of psychology, which I promise I'm getting to law school in just a second, but I did warn you it was, <laughs> a, it was kind of a long journey. Um, so uh, I had an interest in psychology, completed community college and transferred into school uh, uh, in Southern California and got my psychology undergrad degree. And then I decided I didn't want to be a psychologist. I didn't want to be a therapist <laughs> or work with rats and mazes. So I decided to go to law school, which is right, logical, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so then I applied to law school and uh, moved up to Portland, Oregon to attend law school here. 
Um, and I sort of fell into the area of law that I practice today. Um, just through my work over the years, I practice primarily in the area of data privacy law, which is, a, I have a great passion for it and most people don't. So I'm pretty lucky that I love it, but mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of how I landed where I landed. Oh my goodness. You really went through <laughs> a lot of different decisions there. I did. I, you know, I guess for me, I consider myself sort of that community college success story of, of having an opportunity to try different things, to figure out what worked for me and what I liked, um, and, you know, I, I worked virtually full-time all the way through community college and, um, you know, four-year college and then on to law school. And I, I'm one of those people that just doesn't like to sit idly by. I think that's amazing that you share that story because, especially for the fact that, you know, you went through community college and tried multiple professions, because I think so many people can relate to that, myself included, that some people don't go through school knowing exactly what you want to do. And it's intimidating thinking that you have to come out knowing what your next step is. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's right. I, pretty much my whole life, I haven't known what I was going to do. <laughs> I honestly love that because I also went through that same thing where, you know, you're young, you don't really know what you want to do. And actually going to community college is probably the best decision a lot of times to do or to start when you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that you went to community college and then look where you are now. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks I for sharing that. that. So about your postpartum experience, let's get right into it. If you could describe your postpartum experience in one word, what would it be and why? That is a great question. Um, and requires actually some real uh, introspection. And you're going to probably <laughs> laugh when I tell you this, but my one word would probably be perplexing. Because there were so many, there were so many words to describe how I feel that perplexing really was the thing that um, kind of jumped out at me when I really thought of it because I didn't know the rules. I didn't uh, know how to balance a career and being a mom. It was perplexing. You know what I mean? It was confusing yeah. and perplexing. It, um, and I like rules and checklists and there was none of that business. <laughs> yeah. So perplexing, I guess, is probably um, the word I would use to describe it. I wish it was like empowering or, or uh, you know, <laughs> gave me strength. But being a mom is, is pretty much what gives me strength. Well, I'm actually really glad you used the word perplexing just because I feel like more women can relate to that. It is so perplexing. But like you said, there's no rule book to postpartum. Totally. I mean, perplexing, I think, is... <laughs> I think it's a great word because you, when you first become a mom, you are perplexed. Okay. You don't know what is happening. Right. You don't know what to do. You're being told kind of what to do. I think that's a great word to use. And can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, I think um, for me, it was perplexing figuring out how to balance sort of this time in my life that was in itself perplexing. <laughs> I was, mm -hmm. uh, um, struggling in a marriage that was not successful um, and had a job that was very demanding. I was general counsel of a software company. And so I was sort of the, the chief legal officer, if you will. Um, and I had just given birth to this beautiful baby girl that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> As most moms know, time they give birth mm -hmm. I think even if I had had a second child I probably still would know what <laughs> I was doing but even the people who have the best of intentions to tell you what you should and shouldn't do 
um, the, the rules are different for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I worked full time. I was exhausted. Um, I had a great uh, pregnancy, I must say. Um, I had a great pregnancy and delivery experience. I went into labor at 4 a.m. on August 2nd. I got an epidural about noon. I dilated from four to eight centimeters in like less than an hour. So I needed that epidural. Wow. Um, and then I gave birth at like 2.45 in the afternoon after pushing for 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. So I have to That's know. amazing. I know. I'm like one of those people that just really was very, very blessed to be able to have a tremendously um, wonderful birth experience. Yeah. Um, but you know, then the realities of, Oh, now, now the baby's no longer on the inside. It's on the outside. And now I have to take care of this little, you know, creature. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it was perplexing. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to do all this work? Um, you know, how, how am I to continue to do the things that I did before I had a child mm-hmm now with a child <laughs> and how am I going to do them well yeah yeah so so that's kind of you know I, I guess that's kind of why it was perplexing to me you know mm-hmm. yeah was, was hard. so it's interesting because I recently heard something that most pregnant women think of giving birth as the finish line whereas really we should be thinking of giving birth as the beginning the like the start line to you yeah. know your your motherhood journey yeah, which I read that I was like, oh my god, is that that is so true? So to kind of jump into the next question, if you could share your your start line, I guess your postpartum story. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it's funny. I was reading today um, something that said just because you're struggling does not mean you're failing, which mm. really summed up to me. <laughs> my yeah. Kid- experience because I often struggled and I often felt like I was failing. For me, it was, it was a time of struggle. I was in a marriage um, that was not uh, well-suited for me or my ex-husband. Um, I have a clear memory of sitting in the hospital room in the uh, middle of the hours, uh, 2 a.m. I would say probably I was up. I was breastfeeding my daughter, trying to figure out at least how to breastfeed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a very clear realization that my marriage was over. Um, just given birth. <laughs> right. So, oh my gosh. You know, I looked out of the city lights of Portland, beautiful twinkling lights, and thought, this is interesting. <laughs> uh, wow. I just had a child. I have a career. And I, it's very become abundantly clear to me that this is not the marriage I should be in. And mm. so that was very, um, it was terrifying. It, I, I, I guess the realization and the actualization of it was somehow determining in a way where I, mm. where I knew there, that this was going to happen. And so it was eventually, how would I get through this kind of a thing? Um, so, you know, for me, my, that struggle um, resulted in me or, or that realization, I suppose, resulted in me spending a lot of time on my career and my daughter. Um, and nothing else, <laughs> right? I use I my career as a distraction and being with my daughter as a distraction to addressing <laughs> what was what was essentially dissolving, you know, before my very eyes. So it, it was a struggle. I, and I tried to enjoy those times when she was little. But you know, there, when you have sort of something that dramatic hanging over you, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Really learn to appreciate all of the things that you really are offered as a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know? And so for me, that, that's sort of, that's sort of my, defines my postpartum experience. Although I consider like motherhood sort of just this really long postpartum experience. <laughs> so it's sort yeah. of like you said, it's really yeah. just this line. I mean, I do realize there's a clinical postpartum period <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, that people experience. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate though. I didn't suffer from other things that, that some uh, women do. And so for me, it was just figuring out how, how am I going to balance all of these uh, competing interests and push through what I knew was inevitable, which was the end of my marriage. Oh mm. gosh, that's so hard. That's amazing that you were just like, you know, you pulled from, you know, your strength to really move through that. So with all that going on, how was it going back to work and having to decide I mean, you were already going through so much emotionally and then having a baby. How was it, you know, going back to work? Yeah, so <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So to kind of step back in my birth experience, what I didn't, what I failed to mention to you or didn't mention to you was I was actually responding to emails on my mobile device in the delivery room. I worked up, um, I worked until the day before I actually uh, gave birth. Um, oh my gosh. So about, <laughs> about two weeks after giving birth, uh, I was back to, uh, answering emails again. Part of that was I was looking for a distraction, right. From mm-hmm. or really hard and to feel really good about, um, being there for people that I felt like needed me and doing something I felt really competent at. So I could do the work and it felt really good because it was something I was successful at. Whereas this unknown of, um, dealing with how to, how to raise a baby and be able to care for a baby was such an unknown. That I was yeah. like, how, do I, how do I know if I'm successful or not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so at least in work, I could do some things that I felt were pretty successful. Um, I don't recommend doing that uh, in high <laughs> which I would have taken and should have taken all of the time necessary. And that was extended to me. But I, again, I, I had made sort of this backhanded choice to <laughs> sort of just start responding subtly to emails for questions. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, I, I felt like I needed to be there for, for other people as well um, because of the role that I was in at the company. Yeah. It, it was a challenge. I mean, that's probably my, that was probably my biggest challenge is how to balance my professional career and mother. I'm still trying to figure this out. I still have no idea how, yeah. how yeah. to balance <laughs> all of the, all of the demands that I have, um, professionally and all of the wants, frankly, there are things I want to do with my career. Um, you have to balance that with being a mom. Um, because, you know, for me, I know this person didn't make this choice. I did. Mm -hmm. Right. I made a choice to be a mom and bring this child into the world. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's not her fault if I can't, if I don't put her first, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to be there and and figure that out. But, um, you know, I just, I sort of try to do the best I can at all things. Right. And I think (laughs) that's like the lifelong question is how do you, how are you, how are you supposed to be successful at everything and, you know, you know, motherhood and your career and how do you, how do you wear all those hats and be really amazing at all of them? Right. And, And my personality is such that I see a challenge and I commit to it and then I take it head on. Right. So I want to be that person that gets all A's, mm-hmm. <laughs> not that person that gets uh, one A, a B, and maybe a C, and then the next 
you know, grading schedule gets a C and then an A, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just, that's just not my personality. So that has always, that's been a personal struggle of mine. Um, part of it is realizing that you're not going to get straight A's um, in all that you do. And I wish, uh, part of me wishes looking back that I had realized that, that sometimes good enough is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that you, everything is not a win. It doesn't have to be a win, right? Mm. It, it really is about the experience of it um, and enjoying those, those moments as you go along rather than striving to be the best at whatever this is. Um, yeah. And that's a personal struggle for me and has been a, a struggle, continues to be a struggle, probably will until the day I no longer on this planet. <laughs> well, you know, I can relate to that because just being... Um a competitive person in like in sports Mm -hmm. and also, Mm -hmm. and then being a mother and I, and I want to excel and I also want to just make sure that I'm doing the best that I possibly can. But the reality is that, is that we are, you know, no matter what we're, we're doing, we're always striving to be the best for our child and be the best example. Um, But it's hard too, when you are the type of person that wants to have um, some type of, system to let you know that you're doing okay to let you know that you're you're doing your best yeah and and motherhood doesn't doesn't come with that doesn't come with someone um grading you or putting a number on what you're doing um but there's a little bit of peace in that because you can just know that yes you are doing the best that you you can ever do absolutely and your health you look at your healthy child and i think that's the measure exactly <laughs> exactly raising little good little people and good little citizens in the world to me is yeah. probably the biggest mm-hmm. um, compliment on my parenting agree yeah. every every please and thank you is like yes a for me yeah <laughs> exactly. well you touched on your biggest struggle and you did tell us what it what that was um can you elaborate on your biggest win in postpartum yeah that's that to me is tougher um because I still feel like I'm looking for the biggest win yeah <laughs> we talked about the biggest win will be to raise these amazing adults who can go off into the world and do amazing things um it really was a time of uh, personal tremendous growth. And I think it allowed me the opportunity to be less self-centered or less driven on the things that I thought I should be doing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so placing my professional career first, this required me to say, no, 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 your professional career can't be first. Um, this child has to be first and you have to nurture them and you Mm. have to raise them and make sure they're well taken care of physically and emotionally. And so um, the biggest win for me was the recognition that um, I am more, I was more than my professional career um, and and that I had more to offer than Mm. just my professional career. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that too. I think that is so important to highlight. You said earlier how it kind of made you realize, motherhood kind of made you realize that you're, you're doing something bigger and mm-hmm. you're doing something more. And um, for someone that is career fo- focused and successful in her career, then becoming a mother, there's a huge shift that goes on and in your mind. And you kind of just realize that that you are more than that 
career that you're in not to say that that career is not important and you don't love it and that you're not you're that you're good at it because you are but you also have this this baby that you just gave birth to that you also are successful in right even even when you make mistakes yeah (laughs) right yeah absolutely I mean my daughter's 12 years old and believe me we don't again we don't have enough time for all of the things that I would consider mistakes yeah. made over the past 12 years yeah. yeah it's I mean I'm I'm only at two years and I feel like every day I'm like well I could have done that better could have done that better <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness I know and then never they say it back cycle. to you and you're like, wow, I guess I could have done that better. She just told me I could have. <laughs> exactly. Wow. When you say it like that. <laughs> On that same note, there's so many things. And I think it's easy as moms to overlook them. But like, there's so many things that you're doing well and that you're doing right. And, mm-hmm. and we are our biggest critics. And, and so to be able to like, to be able to recognize that this is such a big role and this is such an important job. But the shift from career only to now having to do both career and being a parent is really hard. And it's a hard, it's a hard shift to be able to be amazing at both to, or amazing at one thing to amazing at both and having to balance everything. Right. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things is accepting that you can't always be amazing at both at all times. Yeah. And to give up the ghost of that happening will be liberating. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think that's probably, it's taken me, I don't know, 12 years to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Really where, and that recognition and realization. So um, I'm imparting my wisdom to all of the <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. Hopefully. Good. Good. <laughs> share, share that. The wisdom. Yeah. Exactly. Except, except that, except that you cannot always win uh, at everything at all times. Yeah. Um, and I think that will, that will be somewhat liberating. I hope it don't is. give up, don't resign, but <laughs> yeah. So if you knew what you know now, what are the three things that you would say to your prenatal self to help you in postpartum? That is a great question. Um, okay. First I would say, uh, who I, and I recently said this to a friend who uh, is pregnant, um, to probably lay off the 3am donut. <laughs> um, they seemed like a really good idea at the time, 3am, <laughs> but following delivery it was a little extra poundage um that i i could have done without um i think uh it's funny because here i was saying hey i'm dispensing advice but i would take everyone else's advice somewhat with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. i mean i think you have to find you have to find your people and you have to find your tribe as they say and i think you have to um share with those people who are your trusted connections and totally um feel comfortable sharing but I think also you have to realize that every person dispensing advice to you has in all likelihood also made a mistake (laughs) right so they aren't they aren't they aren't people with all of the knowledge about how to do this right because there is no right way yeah um so so I guess for me, that's kind of a big thing. And I, I tried to do that actually when I, um, I guess I didn't articulate it quite as well, probably when I was pregnant, but I sort of shrugged off the things that I felt like didn't work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's no shortage of advice for you. There's no shortage of books that you can read about what the proper way is to, to let your baby fall asleep and not fall asleep. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
how to enter back into the workforce and just stay, stay at home with your child, right? Everyone yeah. has advice. It's true. I mean, everyone has advice. Everyone has things that they want to tell you and things that you should know before you have the baby. And there's like several things that you're going to hear, like sleep or, you know, other things that you're going to constantly hear when you're pregnant. And then when you have your own child, you have your own experience. And so on that same note, what was your biggest lesson that you learned in your postpartum experience that you would pass on to someone else? So I think the biggest lesson I learned from my postpartum experience is, is that um, there are no checklists or, or rules for how to parent or how to do it right or wrong, right? You're going to do some things that you consider right for you and your child that others will not, you yep. know, letting mm-hmm. your child cry, to cry themselves to sleep or not, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> These seemingly incremental decisions that can wear on you. And I think you just have to accept that if you're doing the best you can and you're caring for your child um, in an appropriate way, then then really you're you're doing the best you can. Yeah, yeah. You realize that like some of those things that you that you weigh on you so heavily as your kids are younger, as you get older, and your kids are now older, it, you realize that those things maybe weren't as big of a deal mm-hmm. as you thought they were going to be. Right. I think experience, experience tells you that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I think that's why I, I have a 12 year old and I look back and I go, did it matter that one time that I held her and we fell asleep together when everybody said, don't ever fall asleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, I remember struggling with, is this the right thing to do? Oh my goodness. Will she grow up to be crazy if I don't, you know, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also that, and also the fact that like, as the time changes, the, the, the information we get as to what you should and shouldn't do changes as well. So things that, you know, so you just have to go with what feels right to you. And if that feels like a good parenting thing that you need to do as, as a parent to your child, then that's it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's no, again, there's no rules. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're all completely still, I'm still trying to, figure my way through the process of motherhood and right. being a stepmom and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and every experience is so unique and individual that Absolutely. there's never going to be a book about it. Right. And every child is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, mine didn't sleep it through the night until she was 13, 14 months old. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to say 13 or 14 years old. It was like, Oh my goodness. Well, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be determined. To be determined. <laughs> Well, I'm going to move on to the next question, which happens to be one of my favorite questions. What is your favorite mom hack? That is a great question. So my mom hack is an older child mom hack. There are apps that restrict time on mobile devices to allow you oh, to yeah. control how much accessibility your children have to mobile devices. Yes. And this has made all the difference in the world in making sure that, um, we set appropriate limits as we define that in our house to accessible, you know, to mobile devices and accessibility to, to whatever apps are on those mobile devices. Yeah. Um, and monitor closely what apps are being accessed and used and that kind of thing. But that, that to me is the, and it doesn't, you know, it's nice to be able to pause it and say it's dinner time mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. without an argument because it's paused. It yeah. takes all the emotion, it takes all the emotion out of, fighting about um 
use or overuse of a mobile device. So the app that you're talking about, at first, could you tell us the exact name of the app for any listeners that do have older kids that want to use that? And then also, um, is that something that you can control from the app that will control their phone? How does Mm -hmm. it work exactly? Yeah. So I know there are a number of them. Um, I use one called screen time, which works for my mobile device. Um, it allows me to set limits daily. It allows me to have a schedule where I can set a different, a different limit, like for weekends, for instance, since my daughter is older, she's in middle school, mm-hmm. then I can allow her maybe on weekends to have free time. Mm-hmm. You can allow your kids to earn free time for mm. doing chores Ooh. and then grant them extra time. Wow. Um, I like that. It, uh, it allows you to restrict installation of additional apps. Wow. That's um, so cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then you can see how much time they're spending on the various apps that you've given them permission to. Mm-hmm. So um, well worth the, I don't even remember how much money it is, but it's well worth it to me to take the heated emotion out of the struggle mm-hmm. that I think many parents, many of my friends have expressed to me that they have had um, in trying to work with their kids on setting appropriate time limits. You know, kids at, in middle school don't really have um, the recognition, understanding, or development to know that they need to be limited in their use of mobile devices. Some adults don't. Yeah, I was, gonna I say, was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. That is even a mom hack for the mom herself. <laughs> <laughs> that is but, great. Uh, yeah, t- and you can pause it like remotely. So like mm. if I'm downstairs and I'm like it's dinner and there's a response that goes something like, which I'm sure no mother heard everywhere, anywhere, uh, I'll be right down. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can actually just pause the phone. <laughs> my my two-year-old awesome. already started saying that to me. I'm coming. And then she won't come. I was like, what are you doing? You're two. <laughs> exactly. She's very busy planning the takeover of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> domination world domination mom very busy in here yeah so that for me that's 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 what i use and i and i there are other apps out there but that's the one i've tried that worked the most effective for me that's that's a great remind like me the name again it's called screen time, screen time and my daughter hates it which means it's absolutely worth yes <laughs> yes no matter where she goes yeah no matter exactly. what she does <laughs> that's the one that guarantees your kids get their own phone at 18 so you can't pay this so they'll pay they'll pay their own bill (laughs) that's exactly that's exactly the conversation we had (laughs) oh that's such a great mom hack I think that is really good I haven't heard that one before and I think it's something that um, moms like we're talking we're joking around about but moms can benefit from but not only that parents that are listening that have older kids that's awesome so thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah that's a great Absolutely. one. Yeah. So Amanda, where can our listeners find you? We'd like to um, have yeah. our guests tell our listeners about where they can find you on social media, your website, share it all. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not really a huge, uh, as a privacy lawyer, I tend to stay a bit away from a lot of mm-hmm. social media. <laughs> Makes sense. Understandable. <laughs> so yeah, you can find us, uh, find our website, uh, our law firm at idealegal.com, I-D-E-A-L-E-G-A-L.com. Um, and see all the members of my firm there. We provide uh, advice to businesses uh, in the areas of intellectual property and data privacy. That's awesome. awesome. And really quickly, um, I know yeah. because we've talked beforehand, it's a female run practice, correct? Yep. 
all women, um, all women partners, uh, associate, and a legal assistant. Um, and all but one of us are mom. So that's oh, awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, we, we all kind of commiserate together and yes. celebrate together, which is amazing. Yeah. Yes, that's great. I love that. And can you briefly um, just explain about your firm, exactly what you guys do to someone that isn't in the legal field? What does that mean that you're a privacy lawyer? Absolutely. I'll try, I'll try to explain that. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> essentially, we provide advice to businesses generally in the areas of intellectual property. So trademark, right work, um, a couple of my partners, my law partners practice in that area. And then I practice primarily in the areas of technology transfer agreements and data privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have uh privacy data privacy laws around the world to thank for the pop-up that you got all over the internet a while ago about accepting cookies and changes in privacy policy terms. Mm. Uh, so that that relates kind of that area but essentially um, where personal information is used by a business collected and used um, that's kind of where data privacy comes into play and um, I help counsel clients on whether or not the uses align to requirements under applicable law. Awesome. It sounds very boring, but it's very exciting. <laughs> it's, it's not boring. It's very necessary in our world. So exactly. we're thankful for what you guys do. Yeah. And there could be someone listening that will definitely reach out for your services. So I'm glad that you provided your info. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being on tonight, Amanda. It was such a pleasure. It really was. We really enjoyed talking to you. And for everyone listening, we just want you to know um, on our website, you can go and find in our blog, we'll have a special blog up for Amanda. So you can find out where to find her, a link to her business and uh, her mom hack. Yes. Thanks so much, Amanda, for joining us. We were so happy to talk to you. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are absolutely grateful and humbled that you would take the time to tune in today. Please join us each week as we change the stigma around postpartum and help build a community where women can feel supported, loved, and empowered. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at So You Had a Baby Podcast, or you can check out our website at SoYouHadABabyPod.com. And if you want to hear more and be part of this community, please subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to join us each week.